Hey guys, do you like that Christmas morning feel of opening up a box, not knowing what's inside, feeling all sorts of excitement to find out what's inside? Well, let me tell you, you can feel that excitement every other month with a subscription to Farrier Box. Most farriers want to be competitive, whether it's attracting top-notch clients or winning contests. They take the tools and tricks of the trade used by today's top farriers and ship them to you so you have what you need to take your career to the next level. Go to farrierbox.com to start your subscription and use code BRAINS for 25% off your first month's box. I repeat, use code BRAINS for 25% off your first order. I know I like receiving packages, but I like it even more when it's a surprise, but also knowing I'm getting cool tools and tricks from Farrier Box. There's nothing out there like it in today's world of farriery, so you might as well go and level up with Farrier Box. Go to www.farrierbox.com and use code BRAINS for 25% off your first month's order. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Forging Brains Podcast. I'm Roger Patrick with Gavin Cooper. Today, we got an awesome guest, uh, someone I get to call a friend. Uh, he is a very friendly guy to a lot of people, helps a lot of people out. He's super handy, horseshoer, a uh, good family man, good businessman, uh, just all around a good guy. So, Adam, far thank you for joining us today. Uh, my pleasure. This will be fun. Yeah, thank you, man. This will be fun. Yeah. No, I'm glad that we can get you on here and get to talking. And we kind of go through the same basic, you know, you know, like a run back of everybody's life. And I've talked to you a bunch, and but mm-hmm. it would be it would be interesting to people hear how you kind of got started horseshoeing and what made you go down down the path of shoeing horses. Uh, it's. It, I don't know. It's just something that I started doing when I was young, like really young, probably about 12 or 13. Um, my cousin was shoeing horses. He went to Ardmore and uh, came back. So in the summers between baseball and football practice or whatever, I wasn't going to sit up in the house or we weren't really like that. You know, we stayed active and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to work. So, um, you know, we cut a lot of wood in the summer um stuff like that but if we weren't at some sort of sports practice or or working on our place then i was with him shooting joey's his name and so we'd shoe horses and uh it's a wonder he even made a living for those three years i was running with him because i'd tear up more shit really oh dude it was and i'd i mean he'd feed me lunch and i'd hold horses pull shoes you know crimp nails and probably doing more harm than good every day, like every day. And then it stopped and be like 20 bucks at Taco Bell. I just eat him out of all the day's profits. You know? I mean, he wasn't, between, between feeding me and repairing and buying new tools, he didn't, he didn't prosper us that much. How, how much older was Joey than you? Uh, there's five years difference. Okay. So he, he was like, he was like 18 or 19 at the time without doing the, um, I say he's probably around 19 and I was probably 13, 14. 
So is he like fresh out of shoeing school at that oh, time? Yeah. And then like yeah. you jumped in with him to try oh, and yeah. learn and stuff? Oh yeah. Oh damn. Sure. That's that's sure. blind and leading the blind at that point, huh? Oh, for sure, dude. And you know, I mean But what a cool cousin. It, it was fun. Yeah, what a dude, what, what a cool cousin to let you hang out. Like the the little oh, thirteen dude, like, year old, you know, like other cousin. Yeah. You're like, yeah, come on with me. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but let's go shoot some of these well, horses. Yeah, he's like, we'll we'll sort this out together. Now it was kind of like I got stuck in. He's like, hey, you want to do something cool? And I was like, what's that? He goes, hold this horse. I'm like, oh, oh boy, holding. <laughs> yeah. a horse, I don't care. You could be a, you can you can you can do anything, but holding a horse is like. It's rough, man. Like holding it. It's the worst. Like in your mind, this is before smartphones. Oh, dude. You know, it's yeah. before before any that you know. If you want to hear music, you either had to buy the tape cassette, or is whatever's on the radio. You know, you're at the mercy. And so we're, I'm like holding a horse and looking at this. You're and, counting every you know, board remember, in the stall fronts. <laughs> just dude, dude, just anything like whatever. And I'd get yelled at for for just not being in the moment like hold this horse you know there's a reason you're holding it and the reason we're not tying it i'm like whatever well there is there is probably two that like joey probably wasn't that great under the horse and is pissing the horse off and he was getting frustrated and he's like god damn it adam you're fucking off again (laughs) there is there is one uh there was one in particular, this red mare that we had shooing, and she was she's a man eater. She always was. She was a good a good good mare, but to just to be around her, you know, she was just a man eater. And I remember it was hot, didn't have a barn to get in or whatever, so we're in the mercy of the sun. And and Joey, he'd sweat like a whatever, and I like the heat, like I embrace it, I love it. He hates it, and so he's under the horse and he's making me hold her, and uh, I'm sitting there holding her, and my mind's working. and she's being good, like for the first time ever. In her life, and probably the only time moving forward past this little episode, she stood. She was standing. I think the heat kind of had her whipped down, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'm holding her, and I'm playing with the lead rope. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I look over at Joey. He's under the front left, and he's sweating. I mean, he's going to sweat through his jeans. He's sweat through this. And Arkansas, we have tropical environment, humidity, you know? And I look over at him, and I just can't help it. I'm like, I go at him with the... And I'm acting like she's nosing him or something, you know. And I just I nose him right there on the side, and he comes up with vengeance, with a wrath, and starts eating this mare into the. I'm she talking, didn't even he, know what was coming. Oh, dude, she was half asleep, and he starts just whipping on this mare, takes her from him, whips her all the way down the hill to the tree, walks her back up, and he's just pouring sweat. Hands her back, goes, "Don't let her do that shit again." And I'm like, "Yeah, I sure, I sure." Will. I ain't telling you, that's me. (laughs) Yeah, that was me the whole time. But no, I mean that was that was the fun days, like blind leading the blind. Like, yeah. Joey was Joey's a good shooter. He's recently retired from it. He's went uh construction, him and another guy. But uh solid, solid horse shooter for years. And but those early days, man, like ignorance is bliss, you know? You just you do whatever. So do you work with did you work with Joey like all the way through high school? Yeah, I did in the summer, sure enough. You know, I mean, we was back and forth to Fort Worth quite a bit. You know, we'd do anything. We'd haul horses. We would, you know, we was going to shows and ropings and, and all this stuff. So, shoe horses and do whatever we could do. And then in 97, I remember um, my dad came home one day and he's like, well, did you get the horses done today? And I was like, no, we went and did this and that. And he kind of got a little bit mad. And I'm like, well, you know, if I went to shoeing school, I could at least do our own. Next thing I know, 
he ships me off. <laughs> so in the summer, summer of 97, before my senior year, I lived out there in Oklahoma and in Ardmore. And uh, I came home and I didn't play football that year. That was kind of a big stink around, but I didn't play football. I just went to shoeing horses and graduated high school. No more baseball. I just shod my way through college. And then after college, I was like, might as well just keep going, huh? What? Where'd you go to college at? Uh, Arkansas State, ASU. What'd you study? Ag business. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 And some marketing, you know, business and marketing stuff. But um, I just, I've, I've enjoyed the shoeing. You know, when something fits, it just fits. I mean, it's, there's bad days and there's days that you don't, you know, the people or the horses or a certain environment or whatever. You're just, but that's with anything. But as a whole, I'd rather have a shitty day doing something I love is to shitty day doing something I feel like I got to do. Oh, yeah, you know? same. Right. So did you ever have any other job besides just shoeing? No. Just that? No, just shoeing. No, just shoeing. Well, yeah, so <laughs> back to, so like um, before I graduated high school, you know, in the summers I'd go with Joey and shoe horses and then, We'd cut wood on the weekends. We'd do whatever, and then we was always building fence. Like, God almighty, we'd build fence all the time. And I popped off to my dad one day. I was like, you know, I can get me a job down at Food Giant, second groceries, and they pay me. He goes, oh, you don't think you get paid here? And I'm like, well, you know, like real money. And <laughs> what he's trying to say is, like, he's like, there's a lot of benefits for working here. You know, like, so anyway, I went and got me a job sacking groceries and i remember I, I was like i don't quit once i'm in i'm yeah. in like i don't quit and i'm just i'm in there and there's a guy that had this uh barn he always kept about 30 or 40 head he came in there one night getting groceries his wife sent him shopping and he looked over and said what in the hell are you doing here and i'm like uh you know he's like tell billy the guy that ran the whole place is a nice store I said, tell Billy you need two weeks notice and you need to come see me. And I'm like, Bill, he got me out of that. <laughs> yeah, but stock, stocking groceries and sacking groceries, I was, I did my, I did my time. But no, that was it. I, I've always just shot horses. Oh, that's, that's awesome! It. Wow. Did you, did you enjoy college quite a bit? Like, obviously, you probably enjoyed no. the fucking up, but like the actual studying part. No, not at all. Oh, really? Was it two years? No, I did four. I did a full stint. Or I did five. I mean, oh, sure. hell, I probably did enough to be a doctor, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, no, I am I did my two-year. I got my two-year degree in, in business, and then uh, I went for the bachelor's. And to be honest, I'm probably like 12 hours shy of finishing my bachelor's. But I walked out. I was like, I can't. And and what, what did it? I walked through the library one day to study for some finals, and they had this um, – table set up and they were shaking hands greeting people and all that and they said hey you got a minute to take a survey and i'm like no and they're like well you got free free cookies food and i'm like all right i'm broke okay. <laughs> i haven't slept you got food i'll tell you whatever you know and so i walked up and i said what is it and she goes well we need to know what you want us to do with your infrastructure fee i was like what do you mean she goes well on your on your bill every semester you get an infrastructure fee and i'm like yeah she goes, what would you like to, for us to do? And I was like, you mean to tell me you got a bill on, there, there's a there's a add-on, a charge on my bill, and you don't even know what you're doing to do with the damn money? 
Like, how about you just give me that money back until you decide that you need it for something? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing all I can to pay. I put, I wrote a check at the beginning of the semester. I wrote a check at midterm, and I wrote a check at the end of the semester. I paid my way through college shoeing horses. Yeah. Like that's what I did. And I said, so you're taking money essentially. You just added a charge on here, and you really don't know what to do with it. Well, we and I'm like, I'm done. Like this is, I just can't do it no more. Like, so I think that was probably my last semester. Yeah, that'd which be, is probably stupid, but I don't know. I don't know either. Do you like? You think that like the a the piece of paper was gonna help you out that much more, or like you were gonna no, learn that I, much more in the next twelve hours of class? No, no, but finish. You know, you finish what you started. I, I get finish that, it. and and I, I guess I don't know. I kind of I just didn't go back that next semester or whatever to finish out my bachelor's, and I probably will. Like. I'll, I'll sit one day and kind of figure out what I need to do to kind of tie up the loose ends. But at that point in time, I, you know, young and whatever, I'm like, are you serious? You know, and I probably totally took it totally wrong. It's probably just a survey. What would you like to see done with it rather than? But at that time, I'm like, I'm giving all this money. Like every time I turn around, I'm buying a $300 book, yeah, a $200, you know, and writing three checks a semester. And I'm, you know, I used to, I used to park. I had a shoeing trailer at the time. Uh, Southern Classic Shoe and Trailer. They built them in Sumner, Iowa. And um, I would park in a no-park zone because the ticket was like 12 bucks, and it was a lot more convenient just to pay the ticket and be able to get to class on time than it would be not to, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm doing everything I can here to make this work. Like, and now you want to know what I want you to do with it? Just give me the money back. Yeah. You know? Just don't yeah. charge me in the first damn place. Just yeah. like and, then it, and then it was like I got charged athletic fee. I didn't pay play athletics in college. And they're like, yeah, but you got to pay this. And I was like, I got to pay a fee to go to football games that I don't even go to or plan going to. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm just like I don't I don't know. But they like that they like to ask yes. that students are just like have all this free money because most of them all it's like insurance companies and stuff. You know, like uh, that the doctors like no knock it all up because like well you're not paying for it technically anyways. It's like. You probably were yeah. like the one percent of kids paying for it. Oh man, it was it got rough, but I mean it's it's part of. I mean you just just do it, but it, it just hit me like, and then I think like, well, if I was shooing for Joe down the road and he sold his horse, and two years later I go ahead and send him a shoeing bill just for the hell of it, <laughs> like, yeah. no different. Like I guess I did learn some stuff in college. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I never, I didn't do the parties or anything like that. Hell, I didn't have time. You know, it was class and back to work. work. Yep, class and work. Were you, were you like already making some shoes by then, like out of out of shoe in school? Yeah, not you know like some five sixteenths plain stamps or, or, you know whatever. Flip a keg shoe over, make a sliding plate, or you know something like that. You know. I've always pulled my own clips. Never really had pre-clip shoes until here recently, and I buy them. And if the clip location works for me, then send it. If it doesn't, grind it off and put one where I want it. You know. Yeah. So, um, no, I didn't make a lot of shoes. I, I did a, a shoeing. I graduated high school in '98, and then I did my first contest, I believe, in 2001. I think. And. Uh, Mr. Lee Green, 
was the judge. Who was the teacher out there at Ardmore? And he came in. He was in Arkansas, and uh, there at McVeigh Ferry Supplies, and and we got out in the middle of a rodeo arena, a rodeo pen, and I mean the sun was beating down that day, and uh, we had a con. You couldn't even see the heats on your shoe. You know, you <laughs> yeah. bring it out, and it's like it's been in there for fifteen minutes, so it's got to be hot, right? Oh yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you couldn't see the color or anything, but um, that was the. Uh, first contest in 01 and I did the, the next year in Arkansas in 02 and then um didn't do anything for a while you know um get married kids stuff like that and then um, when did you and Kelly get, get married in 03 okay yeah be 20 years this August so did you guys meet in college or uh, we met at, at no, we just kind of knew each other growing up, like different horse shows and and mm, rodeos okay. and whatnot, you know. And then uh, bumped into one another one day at a horse show, and then just kind of went on from there. Yeah, just went on from there. AC was so, born in '05, and okay. Life who was, was the who was the shoe instructor out there at Ardmore when you went? Uh, David Goodman. David Goodman. Nice. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure I know who that is. Yeah, he. Uh, they... I, I believe he just passed away yep. not that long ago. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was super super cool individual and a great instructor, kind of easy going, which is crazy. You know, it's it's to be that level headed and that calm around that type of atmosphere. It takes special people to be educators and instructors. It, period. Yeah. But in, in our field, you know, anything can happen at any time. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah. You got you got to look for the the person that's doing whatever you're trying to teach them, and that animal has to let them do it. And if it doesn't, the animal's going to win. See, I I couldn't at, imagine. At any call. And it, oh and yeah. Not and good like, animals. Not good animals at all. No, I mean you get whatever is available yep. to teach and and stuff. But uh, David was super. Super easy going, very very good teacher and stuff. Um, super handy around a horse. You know he was taller. I'm five nine. He was taller than me, but he could fold up under a horse and get around a horse. Just sneak around him. You know. Yeah. Um, That's like Jukes. He's good at that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He. Yeah. For sure. And somebody Jukes is what six four something like that, but he'll fold up under a cutting horse in a heartbeat, and you're like, oh. yeah. And he's good at it. Like. Yeah, he's very good at it. slick. Very slick. Yeah. But yeah. So did he kind of have like a big influence on you for like getting ready for like going to your first horseshoeing contest who david oh yeah, yeah absolutely him and there was a guy there named and i and i feel bad because i can't remember his last name and i've tried his name was james and he was competing at that time an instructor at school and um he had a red healer went with him everywhere um but um I'd watch them guys and just see how smooth on the anvil they, they looked at the time and just, yeah, absolutely. I mean, to, to have that skill set, you know, I mean, I don't see who wouldn't want to, but yeah, huge influences, huge. There's very few people I've come in contact with in this trade that hasn't had some sort of influence. That's, that's the cool thing about this trade. No, it you is know, true. It, no matter what level, if they're students or if they're just out there in the trenches every day or if they're competing or if they're educators or, or whatever, or even if they're not doing contests or 
what I consider traditional shoeing or whatever. Maybe they're in the modern materials or whatever, but they're paving the way for new. There's nobody I haven't met that hasn't influenced me in some way. Most of it's positive too. That that's a that's a hard thing to do sometimes though when you meet people to like to to focus on what that you could learn from them. Like everybody always says it yeah. like oh try to like see what you could learn from them, see what you could learn from them, but it's hard to to get there in the conversation I feel like sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, for cuz there I mean, yeah, there's there's a few that I've felt over the years are probably less ideal to be around but for the most part i mean it is what it is but just take something from it and move on you know yeah you got to try to find i think like that common ground where you can kind of meet meet up a little bit so you can see where the like correlation is between you guys where you could get Mm -hmm. take something from them you know or Mm -hmm. they could take something from you you somewhere you guys can share a common interest yeah maybe maybe like i've been around i've been around one in you know one individual that just dog the contest setting just you know the all the negative anything negative you could say yeah. about this guy's preaching it and stuff but one day i saw him do one aspect one little thing and i was like that's pretty slick all right yeah i got that yeah you know so i mean touche there it is you know take yeah. it and move on yeah no, I think you're. I think you're spot on it because, like, we we do still have like the biggest thing in common with each other is the horse, mm-hmm. and so we're still gonna have like that that meeting ground there that we can each gain something from each other. I, I yeah, we're we're each party's guilty of it, right? Of yeah, like oh, yeah. putting on the brakes and like, well, our way's the way. It's like okay, might not be. <laughs> yeah, it's path the path of least resistance to get what the horse needs i mean that to me is the most ideal and some sometimes it might be the the decision that requires the most work or whatever but the less less resistance for the horse and that's what it's about you know i think the people in this trade that truly aren't for the horse they'll weed themselves out oh yeah you know quick yeah if they're just in it for the money basically well, the money or or I want to do this because I can make my own hours. I want to do this because what it, you know, the easy buck. I mean, they those those they tend to fizz out, you know. Let them run their course and try to help them, but they'll fizz out. No, I think you see it even on the way like you even see some like upper people that get a little like quick fame in our trade you know like happens real fast for them and but you can like you see the writing on the wall pretty quick of that they're just they see an industry that they think they could be really popular in really quick and be like i hate to like say it almost like an influencer in it and like the Mm -hmm. the trade kind of eats them up pretty fast and Exactly, it kind of shits them yeah. out the other end. Because <laughs> like yeah. sometimes it happens really quickly, but it's like sometimes it takes a little it, bit. It, but it does. it does happen. Like if it happens pretty quick, that you can tell if you're not really into it because you love it or you love the horse. It's yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for you. I think the more you, you have the wrong love reasons, for the horse, yeah. I think the more the more you have the love for the horse or the trade, the longer you're gonna stay in, no matter what. Mm-hmm. 
Like, how could you not? I, could, I It's not. too hard. Yeah, that's. Yeah, somebody, somebody just literally asked me this week, like, how long are you going to shoot? How long are you going to keep doing this? And I'm like, there's no plan B, you know. So I mean, because they they see the other stuff I have going on in the shop, but that's just kind of side stuff, you know. I mean, the, the main focus is still shooting. Always has been. Always will be. Yeah. So there is no plan B. Yeah, I, I, probably until the uh, body breaks down, right? Yeah, exactly. And then you got to do everything you can every day to kind of, you know, counteract that. Yeah. So keep up with yourself. Yep. Physically, yeah, you have to. What type of things? So I don't know if you're like a lady about, and I'm not trying to be like the sexy guy at all, like that. But like, uh, I just know like the ladies don't like to say their age sometimes. How how old are you, Adam? Forty three. And like not trying to be weird at all, no homo. But you are like uh, you're you're a pretty fit forty three year old. You see some people that are forty years old and like they're bitching and moaning about moving around and they're already kind of mm-hmm. getting stiffed up. But man, like I I saw you last you know at the classic mm-hmm. and it's like I there's probably not a big percentage of forty people in their 40s that could uh do that two hour go at that hot you know going that hard Mm. so what type of things do you do daily to take care of yourself windstraw you gotta get that windstraw no i'm just kidding (laughs) i don't know what windstraw (laughs) no that's it no that was a joke we no anyway uh no i I, that was a joke so um just i i don't know i think I've I've always been active, so I just try not to let go of that, you know, like run when I can or hike or get a gym membership and use it, you know. It doesn't mean you got to sling the weights or, you know, I, I did I did CrossFit for a little bit, and I thought that was a ball. It's a good time. Yeah. But it doesn't really mesh with our day-in, day-out abuse like my elbows did not like it you know my wrists did not like it so you just gotta be smart about it um but i I think uh run when you can uh mountain bike i love the mountain bike it's it's surprisingly you get on that bike and your heart rate will get up so fast you know it's that's a good time it's a good time i mean if you like that kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. um Anything, mainly those three, the gym, mountain bike, or run. You know, I'll just pick the three, one of the three and do whatever I can that day. Um, I think you have to. I think that's nothing more than making deposits in your longevity. You know, um, we stay at 90 degrees. Life at 90 is what I tell people around here. I'm just living life at 90 because <laughs> that's how we stay most of the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, where did he go? So He's always wandering anyway, off sometimes. Uh, yeah. Well, I got my little heater going, so I was so, like trying to turn it up and turn it down. Yeah. So anything I can do to kind of offset or counteract life at ninety, bending over all day, staying from the anvil to the horse. So run when I can run, bike when I can bike, go to the gym, put some weights on, on, and just kind of loosen up and stretch it out. You know. I, I mean, there's no. It's just. No, I think I think cardio is one thing a lot of people forget about. Where it's like both those Dude. things that you're saying is like lungs. Man, you see so Dude. many, not even just the competition world, but <clears throat> you do see it a lot in the competition world. Dudes are just gassing out. Mm-hmm. That's, just, that's just what happens yeah. to them. It's like, 
And I think yeah, I think it's interesting. Like you're you're saying like you're always trying to do something above just shoeing horses though. Yeah. This is this, shoeing yeah, horses is pretty hard, you, but I don't. I think we get used to the strain. Though. I think like we, so. And it's and used to. I think a horse leaned on me a lot, and and I still have a tendency. And I think everybody has a tendency to pull one out too far or not stay up under. We all yep. do. We all do. And, yeah. and being on a team, you're going to get called out for it, you know, especially if you're the first guy on and the second guy comes over there and you done pissed that draft horse <laughs> off or because you're pulling on him. You know, you're going to get called out. So, but, but Craig, I heard Craig say something. You pick up tidbits here and there, and it's not necessarily stuff that's sent directly to you or – or anything, but you might be walking by and hear somebody say something, and you're kind of like, damn. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I heard Craig say it. He said it one time. And Craig, Craig's what, 6'4", six, 6'5"? Six, yeah. You know, all, all my like buddies that, yeah. are six foot. You know, life under six foot is totally different than life at six foot plus. So <laughs> right. Anyway, I, you know, Craig, him and, like, him, Bodie, Daniel Jones, Jukes, all these guys are, like, Tyson Clark, I mean – tall guys but they all get under horses really yeah. well stuff. and Craig said this one tidbit one day he goes if you don't want a horse to lean on you don't give him anything to lean on yep you know that's a, that's get a good un, one get, that's yeah a and I'm like one right there. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like alright so you, you, you start like well that don't mean nothing <laughs> then you start getting under these horses you're like okay maybe I'm not you know so it's true. It's, it's, if you don't want them to lean, no, on. it's natural reaction. They start leaning and pulling on you. So you start stepping out and forward towards their head even more, and you're like, yeah. "Come on, you bastard!" Like, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. I'll pull on so, you. Just learn, <laughs> yeah, learn to get up under them. If that horse is happy, like wherever you pick that. And Jim Keith, one time, he he did a a clinic years ago. It was, it was in Arkansas, and um, so many things about that clinic that he did just really stuck with me. But uh, he was talking about getting under a horse. And he picked the leg up, and he's talking about sighting the foot, how he sighted the foot, and had the same picture each time and all this. And he said, you know what? And the, the position I'm holding his foot when I'm sighting, it's going to be the same way it's between my legs. And the foot never moved, and he just worked around and got, got – and I'm like, the foot and leg never moved. Yeah. He just got around it with his – and I'm like, noted, you know? Yeah. So learning to get under horses and do anything you can to counteract what we do all the time – I don't think none of that's a bad idea, you know. Yeah, it, I, it's it, when I watched like Bodie folds underneath one super good, well, yep. and he like yep. he gets his toes and knees pointed toward towards each other, and it's completely yep. and it's like once I noted that and I was like, oh okay, I'm not doing that as much. He's way taller than me. Like I should probably be doing a little bit of that. It was crazy yeah. how much better my hips felt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I think the guys that are six foot less, I I think we sometimes are hard-headed because we know we're shorter and we don't think about it as much. We get lax and we get lazy about it. But them guys that are like six foot, you know, there and above, they're a little bit more conscious of it. Yeah. And, and I think more so than not, the guys that are taller in that group with Daniel and Bodie and Craig and, and Tyson and Jukes and all them, more so than not, them guys – tend to get under horses a lot better because they're more conscious about it and stuff. And I think the shorter guys are like, well, we just fit anyway. I think, I think conscious about it and your longer, the longer legs you have, the more you can get your legs under the horse. 
If you're just a real short yeah. leg guy, it's like it's pretty. Your legs are only so rappy. You can only get around them so yeah. far. You know, like even riding them, you can't come up underneath your belly if you're always popping them in the side of their ribs all the time. Yeah. But it's like yeah. those long leg guys can just like send their send the foot so far underneath the horse just because <laughs> like their legs are so long. Yeah, there's kind of like no way around it, right? Like they can't just bend over at a 90, you know, kind of like how we short people, we, we could just like we, bend over at our back. And we do do it. You see guys all the time you know? bent over at a 90 and just holding yeah. the holding the foot with one hand. Like they're not even holding it with both yeah. legs. Yeah, I try, I try to engage both legs, like get under there and hold that foot and stuff. And sometimes I get lazy and I'll cradle the foot on the calf or whatever. Yeah. But I think what's, what's brought me, and, and this has been a topic in my mind about getting under – horses and stuff just for me for the last couple four or five weeks or whatever is because i've been working on flat a lot more <clears throat> just a little bit more and more on my day-to-day stuff and so to get flat you got to get up under there and and really get that foot planed off and, and get it stable it's just, it, stable mm-hmm. is like yep. man you can't if you're not even talking about horses if you just talk to a machinist and you're telling them like i'm yeah. trying to file this piece flat First thing they're going to be is like, how stable is your vice? Yeah, they don't ask you about the file. They ask about the vice. Yeah, like it's yeah. all about exactly. work holding. It's all about holding the project. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, hmm. so I've been I've been working on getting under a little bit better on the front end because, um, that's where I'm at contest wise or whatever. And then on the back end here lately, um. I've quit using the hoof cradle as much, and and I'm a huge advocate. I like the hoof Do cradles, you? I, but yeah, I, I did uh, for for years and years, and I say years and years for for last five to eight years probably. You know, somewhere around in there. That, I mean, pretty good stint. I've been like, give me the cradle, give me the cradle. Yeah. Um, but I got to thinking like. I think I could probably do better without it. So I just started, and it makes you feel better. Your back is better, your legs ask. are better. Oh yeah, big time. Way, way better. Um, so, but it was humbling when I first started, and I still take the cradle with me every day because I, I think it's, I think it's better stated that the cradle is nice to have for the horses that need it. You know, that's why I, I carry one. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't want to get under ones that are just wore out and twenty something years old, and you know. But for the most part, I try to stay under them all uh, without the cradle and stuff. But I think the cradle kind of gave me a few issues relying on it so much. Not saying it's a bad tool. I think I think it's something that we all need in our rigs because it sure beats trying to hold one up that can't hold themselves up. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I think for the most of it, I've I've just went back without using the cradle, and it's been a lot better, a lot lot better. No, that's. I. That's what I noticed with the cradle is that I would I would go to that back to that ninety because I wasn't relying on I would mm-hmm. just like whoop, go ahead and just like break in yep. half again and all I'd just like yep. hang over the cradle the whole entire time, which is good. Yep. But it's interesting that you say about the getting flat and have holding it because like, man, that was my frustration this whole year. On the t- is like I would have the same low spot on my feet each time, you know, like that I'm doing the right high, I was doing the right hind. And I'd have a low spot on that lateral cord, that lateral heel, 
would be a little rolled off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I know when it's happening too. And it just pissed me. You know what I mean? You're like, I go oh. here and the foot shoots back from the tendon. You know, the tendons go tight again and it just rolls that ras right off of the edge and just <laughs> fucking ruins it. <laughs> it just pisses me off. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have that. Well, at the classic, um, you know, Lamar, he's checking feet and he comes over and he's like, every time he's like, it's flat, it's flat, but right here. And I'm like, all right, I got you. He come back over there, you check it. It's, 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 it's flat, but it's right there. And I'm like. <sighs> was that spot moving or is it the same spot? No, that is the same, same, same spot. Same freaking spot. <laughs> oh. And so he come back over there and I, t- and I was like, here, final check. It, it, it's flat. And Lamar, you know, he's quite, it's flat, but it's, it's still right there. And I said, oh yeah, it's right there. Give me that foot. Yeah. <laughs> Give me that foot. Course side and Course side. <laughs> it's not going to be yeah. flat anymore. I said, yeah. He said, I said, look at it now. He goes, oh, yeah, that's that's spot on. I'm like, oh, whatever. Turn it in. I'm out. I'm out. But, yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about. It's like, it's, I always had this one in our And you were looking at it, too, before you would have him check it, I'm sure. And you were mm-hmm. like, you, you mm-hmm. were like, it's flat. It's there. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, that's pretty freaking flat. And he'd come over and he's like, yeah, but it's that one. Like, it almost like if you had enough callus on your hand, you'd rub it off. You know, I mean, he's one. And I'm like touching it and touching it. He goes, it's still just right there. And I'm like, all right. Hit it with that core side. And he looked and goes, it's perfect. Call for a judge. And I'm like, God. I can't, I, can't, I can't get that eight minutes of my life. Back. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But it's it's hard getting flats hard, and that's oh, that's why I've so started hard. thinking. I've I thought more in how I'm positioning under the under the horse, just for file control, rasp control, and then really really looking at a lot of feet every day. And and I'm not saying I get every foot I trim every day flat. I'm not. I'm just trying to find my consistencies, or you know, if it's high, is it always high in the same spot, and why is that, and you know, just. I, I think it's super hard. It would be a task. Like, how many horses could you do a day if you're getting every foot laser flat? I don't. It's time consuming. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And 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 at the contest, you need to be able to do it in what seven minutes, six minutes. Yeah. Trim out, you know. So, if you did that seven minutes per That's foot, that's twenty five minutes more. a horse. Yeah, so you can still shoot one in an hour and some change. So why don't we do it? Because it's tacky. And most of us are burning shoes on, Mm -hmm. so it doesn't matter at that point. But uh, yeah, this this is just the stuff I'm like talking to myself with every day. You know, I'm like, if if I can if I can trim out in seven minutes at a contest and get flat. I come out on, I don't know. I'm like, I, I don't know. I guess it's it's taxing. It Doing is. that one foot at a contest is taxing. It is, it is a lot on you. Know. But would it be taxing after a while? Stay tuned. I don't Stay know. tuned. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Because as I, like, you know, if after a while, if you're just doing it on every horse. Well, they say, they say what you do on a day is what you do every day. That's why yeah. I I just been thinking about this stuff, you know, leading up to classic and what. Like, Thor talks about it a lot. You got to be a believer. Yeah, yeah, and and I'm a slow learner, so I mean, like that's what I've been doing, I guess, 
leading up, like just a few weeks before the classic and, and whatever, I've had these self talks. Like, why don't, you know, if you trim, like just that little talk, like if I'm trying to trim out in seven minutes and have it, then, you know, the three years on the AFT, we, you know, we sent pictures and stuff and everything. And, and, um, Fitz had to be spot on and everything. We did it day in day, and it helps. That kind of stuff helps. Then I got to think about my trims. Like, it's just me. I can't take a picture of flat, really. And and so here lately, I've been like, I'm going to see. But it's taking me longer than seven minutes. And <laughs> I'm kind of like, how can I do this on a day in seven and not here or eight or whatever it is on the day? You mm-hmm. know, but it's hard. It's so freaking hard. Yeah, there's not, there's not the pressure of the clock there. It's not like a a hard deadline as much on the every day yeah. as much as it is there you don't have your teammates with you every single day just a matter of like holding yourself accountable that's the hard part bingo that's what i found that, because after you do that first or second one you're thinking that third one that's uh, flat close enough <laughs> close enough you're yeah, like, back to burning i gotta get going <laughs> like it's funny yeah, it's funny though of like all those little things that you use, like you're like, oh, yeah, I'll I'll, t- I'll take care of this next time. And those are those little things that bite you in the ass. <laughs> that then you go to yeah, do the go, um, like you go up to practice with your butt, and you're like, oh, it got me, didn't it? I <laughs> I tried to hide yeah. that little demon in the closet, and that fucker came yeah. out and shit on the carpet <laughs> right in front of everybody. <laughs> I'll clean it. Up. Yeah, it's like sorry it guys, yeah. sorry. Yeah. It's like how come you just took them bars out? You do that every day. Yeah, it's like uh <laughs> crumble it, crumble it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were they were weak. They were weak. But no, it's it's that's just what I but but yeah, I guess that stems for like trying to get under the horse better, do anything I can to counteract all that and try to keep everything hopefully until for another twenty something years. No, I think that's a, so a solid what, option for you. Well when was the first year that you made the uh the American Farriers team? That was, I did two, I did, let's see, I did 18 and 19, I was on WCB, and then AFT 20, 21, and 22. Man. Which one do you think was harder between the American Farriers team and the WCB team? Harder as in? Which one was harder to make? Oh, shoot. I think they're, I think both of them's, like, I think both of them are equally as hard to. Because when you like, were on AFT, there was no team trials at that point, right? No, the fir- no the first the third year there was. Um, yeah, how'd that go? Yeah, there was. So I made I made it at convention when it was a full push, and then I made it with team trials. You know, so I mean, I I think. I think no matter how it, how it's done, it's, it's got its own own degree of difficulty for sure. Like, like yeah, one takes five contests throughout the year, and then one's just yeah. one contest, right? Yeah, like to show to show up at convention and and compete for three days and try to get on there. I think that's a, a pretty. I think that's pretty tough, and I, I think like going to WCBs and competing against those guys you know five or six contests a year whatever it was i mean that that's tough too you know so i think and team trials are a different beast too they're they're tough time restraints and everything's on the foot and you know specimens in the foot every day um 
I don't think one could be more difficult than the other at all, really. I think it's all different beast. Yeah, it's all different, you know. Learn, Can you learn think of uh, what would be like your biggest takeaway of uh, that <clears throat> that benefited you from being on one team or the other, or both teams, I guess? I think. I think um, both teams. I I think benefits are one and the same for for both teams. Like the people you're on a team with, like I I've been lucky and I've been on really good, like really good people on the teams. Like it's been really fun. Um, learned a ton from everybody, from all of them, and everybody laughed. You know, cut up. So traveling together, practicing together. Um, everybody was willing to do their part. Everybody was a teammate. Every, like the benefits are pretty much all in the same, you know, just wearing different colors. It's a matter of like teamwork and working with everybody. Oh yeah, it, it was good, you know, like it was good. All of it was, was that your first year that you were on the WCB? Was that your first time being on a bigger team? Mm -hmm. And like, have you already done any like team events before that with anybody? Mm -mm. No, I was on the division two team. Okay. Um, me and me and Gavin. We yeah. I was on there with you. England. Yeah. We went to England and, and did that that year. But aside from that, that was it. Man. So that like how, how nervous do you remember your mindset difference between like going into the WCB team that first year compared to oh. your last year of going on to the AFT like just the yeah like I was ho I was that first year you get on that team and it, you're just like I hope to god I remember which hand holds the tongue yeah. you know? <laughs> like they ask you like, like you don't want to punch mean, a nail hole you're like I don't know like, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure yeah, for sure yeah like just everything you try I think I think yeah I mean you don't want to fail. And for me, for a long time, and it's changed a little bit here as of recent last couple of years, but for a long time, me not wanting to fail would almost keep me from succeeding. And me and you talked about it a little bit at North Carolina last October. Like, I quit looking at things as – like I have, I have to be able to be good at this and succeed every time I do it. And I started looking at things as being it for the moment. Like it will come, just do your best. You do you. Like I'm not competing against Guy, Gavin or Riley. I'm not competing against the WCB team or the AFT. I'm competing against me. I'm competing against me on that front left foot or me at an individual or me, what I did at convention last year as opposed to what I'm fixing to do now. So when I found that, my biggest competitor is myself that took some pressure off. And then I was able to kind of relax a little bit in the team settings or even contest in whole. When I started realizing that it's way bigger than any of that. It's way bigger than, I mean, we all want to win. Don't oh, yeah. Wrong. Like I, I love, I love competing and I'll show up, I'll practice and I want to show up, but you got to step back sometimes and just look at the whole picture of what we're doing. Like, we're just trying to be the best at what we, the best at what we do. And the, 
the journey to get there is what we need to really focus on. Like the family, the friendships, everything that you build. And when you start seeing that, for me, when I started seeing that, when I started looking behind me at everything that kind of led up to that point, that first year or second year in the WCB, that kind of relaxed me a little bit. And I started, uh, I went to Craig one time and it was after a, a contest or whatever. It was after shoot and go. And I said, you know, what do you think I need to do different, whatever? And he looked at me and said, you're going to be right here where you're at until you start learning how to have fun doing what you're doing. He said, sometimes it doesn't look like you're having fun. And I'm like, and that kind of hurt me. I was like, Craig, I'm having fun or I wouldn't be here. I didn't say yeah. that. But in my mind, I'm like, if I wasn't having fun, I wouldn't be here. He said, Adam, you you know how to bump and draw and make a shoe and dissect a shoe and, and whatever. You know how to shoe a foot and all that. He said, but you're going to be right here where you're at until you learn to have fun. Like, you just need to have fun doing it. Hmm. And I'm like, and I, and you know, and I was like, yeah, thanks, whatever we had. It. And I thought about <laughs> that and, and dang fire, man. He was so right. Like if you just let go and just have fun doing it, oh man, I'm not going to say it gets easier. I'm just going to say it's more fun. And then when it's fun, you do better. How long did it take you to accomplish that though? Of like, okay, you have the realization right? You're like, okay, I need to learn how to have fun at this. Did, but it, did, it probably didn't just happen right away. You know, you're like, oh, no, okay, I'm having fun now. Like, It didn't. And I think when we all first get in it, we're all want to have fun. We all are having fun. And then you get caught up in the, dang, oh, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 missed, I missed this or I burnt that shoe or I slipped that weld. Man, I got I got this place instead of that. Now I suck. And now, man, all my buddies don't want to do this with me because I'm going to suck. I mean, we all like, you want to, you want to be seen as, but I, I think how long did it take? I don't know, but it didn't, it didn't click until I learned how to let go of that mentality. You yeah. know, and then when you, when you let go and it's, I don't want to say it's the, I don't care mentality. It's more or less. Oh, well, Yeah. I uh, I burned that shoe up and I got one left. So, but there's another go this afternoon and I'm gonna knock that one out of the park. You know, I had that short term memory, and so you like it can't be like so it can't be that like you don't care because you st- I, you still need confidence, huh? And like what? You're yeah, you still do. need confidence, but you need confidence knowing that you can execute, and, and execution comes from practice and preparation and and all that. So if you do all your practice and preparation and you show up and you get X results there, now, you know, and you had fun doing it. Now, you know, I need to practice more or practice this more or how to practice. I mean, I, I started looking at it like that rather than, man, if, if I don't do well in this class, Gavin and Riley's not going to ask me to do a podcast, you know, like it's, it's, it's not, it, it's, it's literally, a, it, it's, it's about, it's not about that. It's it's about having fun. And Craig was right. And that, and that oh completely. Boy, I mean, on the on the way home from that contest, I thought about it, and I'm like, how do you, how do you have fun? I am having fun, or I wouldn't be doing it. Then I thought, are you really? No, you're doing it because you want to be seen as good at what you do. Yep. You want to be, you want to be good. You want to, but that's not fun anymore. You know. So when you start taking the pressure off yourself, and and this is, and I told, I went to, I I told some people in a deal one time, you know, they asked the same, like, how, at what point did you start seeing things turn? And, 
progressing a little bit. And I said, when I learned to let go, like for instance, like you're worrying too much about the, uh, I try too hard the consequences. Try, yeah. Trying too hard to do everything. Just like, Oh yep. man, I wasn't top five. I said, for instance, I said in 2015, how did I place an individual go in Sheridan, Wyoming? Does anybody know? <laughs> anybody? No. Nah. Nope. Does anybody give a shit? No. Win or lose, fifth or tenth or second or whatever. What? Nobody cares. I mean, it was another contest, and I'm sure there's bigger stories about that contest and how I placed. And I can tell you, me and Andrew Wells would fly in, rent a car, meet. He'd get a room, i get the car, and we had the same routine. We would walk around the morning of, and we'd see the same shops, talk about the same stuff, go eat the same steak at the same bar. <laughs> then we'd have... Then we show up at the uh, the contest there at the polo field. We do match play, and I remember he's like, "Are you still in?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm still in." He goes, ah, because it was the opening game, Alabama football, <laughs> and we'd leave there as soon as we both tapped out of match play. We'd get in a rental car, and I mean, he would be he would be driving and not even talking and on his phone looking at the score, and we go to the same place, hoping to not hit an antelope on the way. <laughs> I yeah, no doubt, or a mule deer, yeah. you know, and. And we'd drive and we'd get pizza and, and wings at the same place and do that. That's what I remember about Sheridan, Wyoming. <laughs> That's great. You know? And 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 we always had cool chew lists and all that. I mean, the contests were fun and, and um we doing well. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's there's so much. And once I started looking like that, I was like, man, that's that's cool stuff, you know? Oh, no. You're having fun. I think it's fun. I think that was like if there was gonna be an ad for WCB that'd probably be that right there because I, th I think you nailed it when people are like yeah but I'm gonna take time away from my family I'm gonna take time for this it's like that's the part you gotta you gotta remember this is fun and these are your friends and that's what it's no, all this is family that's, it, it's like this is, this is everybody friends shows don't up. talk to friends that's true <laughs> yeah friends don't talk to friends like what we do at these contests no, no family does yeah. though family does yeah like yeah but that but we're but everybody's real with everybody and like that that's the stuff i remember you know and and like on the teams and stuff like yeah you have bad goes and good goes good practices and practices that were tougher than others and all that but as soon as that fire is put out and stuff it's we're going to talk about it make adjustments and we're having fun. Yeah. And and as a whole, the practices are fun. Everything's fun about it. It's just Craig was right. You got you got when you start having fun, you go from here to here. And and I can't tell you how that works or why that works, but it works because I guess you're less stressed on about how you're perceived as a competitor or or how you did the last go. You're you're not as good as what you did the last time you was on the go. You're. It's, it's like baseball. It's an average. It's over a course of not one season, several seasons. Yeah, you know? and that, I and, think, like, man, you know, when you're not having fun and you're so worried about, and, like, this, I'm guilty of this, and I know you know that, of that when you're so worried about what everybody's, like, watching of and how they are going to see your go, you aren't just conscious in your go. You aren't using your conscious brain anymore if you are, like, well, I, you don't even know what to do because you don't even you're like so worried about what people want of you and what like and you yeah. don't know what's like trendy or not that you're like you're doing weird yeah. shit and you're shooing and like nothing blends together has flow because you were just like so all over the place trying to appease yeah. all these things or do something so over the top where if you would have just like 
went in there and tried to have, like you said, have fun and just do what you do, it would have been all right. That's the second part to it. If if you're having fun and you step up at the practices and just do what you do. Yep. That way, that way, all right, this is, this is the true canvas. This is it. So we won't, we don't want that. We want this. Let's do that. Just do what you do. And that way your teammates and yourself can critique it honestly. Yeah. That's when you start. But when you, but that's, that's when it all starts coming together. And that's when it's fun. Fun is when it starts coming together. And then when you make a mistake, you know why you made the mistake. You know how you made the mistake because that's what you honestly do. So now you know how to fix it. It's not fun doing it another way i'm not saying a bad way or wrong way a way that somebody's telling you to do it not being vindictive or anything but they're trying to help and do it and it's not you know what i mean and you're just like when like you like a shoe and go for instance if somebody says if you say how do you want me to trim this foot and talking to your striker and they say well do this this and this and you do that and boom you get slapped for it well i don't i don't know how i did how did I do so bad? I did what I was told, oh, yeah. you know, <clears throat> but if you, if you do, if you just step up to the plate, practice good trims and practice good shoeing every day and then go. And on the day you lay that down and they're like, we like this, didn't like that and all that. You, you can comprehend that yep. and you can build on that and being able to build mm-hmm. on that and understand it is fun. And then you see progress. Progress is fun. So yeah, being confused I, is not that fun confused and no, frustrated is just that's where it gets yeah. starts getting ruined yeah just throw your sucker in the dirt and go <laughs> yeah. home, you know? but no it's but that's what that that was a huge deal and like i guess back to you, how long did it take is as long as it would take for somebody to, just to say okay i think it's a pride thing i think it, i think pride i think it's hey guys do you like that christmas morning feel of opening up a box not knowing what's inside Feeling all sorts of excitement to find out what's inside? Well, let me tell you, you can feel that excitement every other month with a subscription to Farrier Box. Most farriers want to be competitive, whether it's attracting top-notch clients or winning contests. They take the tools and tricks of the trade used by today's top farriers and ship them to you so you have what you need to take your career to the next level. Go to farrierbox.com to start your subscription and use code BRAINS for 25% off your first month's box. I repeat, use code BRAINS for 25% off your first order. I know I like receiving packages, but I like it even more when it's a surprise, but also knowing I'm getting cool tools and tricks from Farrier Box. There's nothing out there like it in today's world of farriery. So you might as well go and level up with Farrier Box. Go to www.farrierbox.com and use code BRAINS for 25% off your first month's order. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the podcast. I don't care. Like So now I have fun. I have, Like if I go to a contest and I'm, I have a bad go, I'm like, I had a bad go. Like how come? No excuses. Yeah. No, just didn't go that good. No, it just didn't go good. But guess what? Tomorrow's a new day. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that I don't know. It's it's not a 
I don't care if I win or lose attitude and not because I want to win. Like I, I really do want to win. It's more or less like I'm just going to have fun too. And you got to have a short memory. Like if you step you up to the plate and strike out, if you, if you strike out right now, that's okay. You're going to get up to bat again. So even shorter, even if you just average. had a bad last heat, that mm-hmm. next heat, when you come back out, you can try to redeem, you know, just like move on with the life. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it didn't happen. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, and, and I, I think, I think to be for me, and I'm just talking about my mindset, um, to be a competitor, you got to be a student and to be a student, be able to understand that you're going to fail. And this is something me and my daughter talk about a lot. Um, I asked her the other day and she knows the answer. And I was just asking her, just to ask, I was like, what's failure. She said, stepping stones to get where you want to be. And I'm like, there you go. It's, it's not negative. And for so long, I thought failure is negative. It's not, it's just one way not to do it. So if you, if you, go to a practice or if you're in your shop or if you shoot a horse for a client or at a contest or what, whatever the case may be, if it doesn't go necessarily your way, then chalk it up to that's one way not to do it next time and learn mm-hmm. and move on and have fun. That's in. No, that's a good one, man. That's and That's the only way it's going to be worth it is having fun at it or you're going to re you're yeah, going to resent it and everybody else around you is going to resent it as well. Yeah, and then the difficulty doesn't seem that bad. No. So you have you got a wife and a daughter. How and mm-hmm. you are a you compete a lot. Your daughter does a lot. How have you managed mm-hmm. to balance that all out? Um. I schedule. You schedule family. You schedule contests, and you schedule practices, and then you schedule work. No, that's uh, works the last on it, huh? Yeah, the least important is yeah. In the whole scheme of things, like I'm not saying don't work. I'm not saying don't go to work, or I'm just saying schedule. Like it's it's not hard. Put your calendar in front of you. You know, big contests of the years. Scratch those days out. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have at least one team practice a month scratch mm-hmm. at least one weekend a month that might fudge you know like ac's graduation is going to be the week after team trials so i scratch that out um i'll be at team trials judging with andrew so i scratch that out and any family stuff in the middle and all that you scratch it and then you just schedule work in most time family stuff's on the weekends yeah so then you just schedule your work in. So, I mean, you just kind of block out your days on your calendar for all the stuff that you want to do, that, that you live to do. Mm-hmm. And then schedule work in the rest of the time. Yeah, because I suppose you pretty much already know you're going to have to go to work and yeah, do these so. things to pay for that anyway. So, yeah, I guess I just misunderstood the way you uh, worded that. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm I'm not. Work is important, and I enjoy work, like, but I enjoy competing and going to practices and family stuff and all that. So well, then it's not even a mystery in. though. Like you know how much you have to work. Yep. Like if you if you have these things that go on and you're like, okay, well, each contest costs this much. It cost me about this much to go to each team practice. Mm-hmm. 
uh, graduation is going to cost me about this much. You know, this is mortgage, mm-hmm. truck payments, whatever else. Like you're like, well, I need to do at least this many horses mm-hmm. to pay for all that. Well, then it then it shows you how many days you have to do X number of horses or how many horses you can. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, so like here recently, I I started scheduling at least one day a week in the shop just to work on shop stuff, tools or templates or whatever. Yep. And, and then usually I end up two days in the shop because I've got people that haul in too. And then I'll schedule all my other shoe and stuff. And I mean, ske- I don't know if there is one perfect way to schedule. No, I think it's going to be different some... for each person, like a yeah, little bit. So that's kind of, for, for me, that's what's worked for me. You know, like I schedule family contests and practices and then I schedule work. Yeah, everybody's lifestyle is different and has a way to fill it. Everybody's lifestyle is different and has their own way of making that work. Yeah. So I I think we all do it. Like I'll procrastinate working on my schedule book. Everybody I've ever talked to in this trade, like the schedule book is like nobody likes doing it, you know, sitting there and Mm -mm. writing stuff in and calling people and stuff. But I think the Yeah, it's my least favorite part. I hate it, dude. I hate scheduling. But the more proactive you can be in that aspect, I think everything else kind of gins better. I, I hate the mm-hmm. weirdness of the schedule. Like, once I, like, so, there's no way I could be one of those horseshoers that, like, every Sunday calls people and sees if they need them to come out or, you know, it's like, <clears throat> I want my schedule set up way in advance yeah. so I don't have to stress out about it. So I don't have to be weirded out about it. like uh, the random yep. things that come up. That's why I, I don't like, I don't like the unknown <laughs> of like, well, my, mine can change. Like I know, I know some guys that'll schedule. Like if I did your horses today, I schedule six weeks out and yeah. I give you a piece of paper with that schedule on there. None. And there's no communication. That's an idea. And then he just shows back, just shows back up. Oh, that's, yep. yeah. If, it, if you aren't there and have a check uh, ready, you are not the client for me. I want a planner. <laughs> if, if you can't, if you can't take me into consideration wow. and like I be ready in six weeks, I'm going to be here. So you be here. <laughs> you gotta... Yeah. No, I couldn't. I couldn't. There ain't a customer. Really? Yeah. That's I'd funny. To... <laughs> there ain't. I, I just, <laughs> no. No, it's pretty. That's my schedule is pretty as far as like scheduling horses and stuff five to six week schedule you know if i'm traveling and your horses do like say this friday but i'm leaving thursday going to then it's either going to get done before i go or when i get back or you know i mean i can't set my schedule in stone i set contests practices and family all that stuff family and all that i set that in stone everything else is kind of fluid yep I always hear that, you know, like getting a new client or whatever. And, you know, when I reschedule or I get done with them, write the invoice or whatever. And I said like, oh, this will be your date for when I come out next. And they'll be like, oh, you actually do that? Like my last guy, he would just kind of tell me uh, he'd be back in six weeks or whatever. And, you know, that week he'd let me know I'll be out this day. So you're kind of one of those guys. (laughs) I'm like, no, I got to have it. Lined I, out. Out te- I, I put out text messages before this. Oh, started. really? I said, I'll be there in the morning. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Man, if, as as I couldn't oh, yeah. handle that even as like if a service guy called me, like if an electrician was like, I'll be there in the morning. I'm like, no, you won't. 
the fuck you will. Like I'll see you in th- I'll see you in three yeah. weeks, man. Like I won't at, be here. At best, I got plans. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got shit to do. Uh, no, I, I, I did because I mean, I don't know. They kind of knew I'd be in touch this week, but then I was like, man, the day got away from me. I was finishing up a, a, a batch of punches out there, and they got away. And so I, I just sent those texts like, okay, it sounds good. And I'm like, sweet. One stop would be 10 hits. How many horses do you one, do in so. a day usually? You got help, don't you? Mm, I don't. Yeah, every other week I have an apprentice. Um, and then I have one day in a cycle to where it's like 20-something that we'll do, 22, 25. And then I'll have Yvonne, which is with me every other week. I have her and another guy, Cody. And uh, we'll sit in and do that whole barn in a day. And it's fun. Like, it's pretty laxed, you know, loud music and just having fun, kind of throwing rocks at one another when we're working, picking. But um, we all all do pretty good. I I don't schedule a whole lot for myself. Like... Yeah, that's good. Four or five sets a day, a couple half sets. You know, I don't – I tried to get back. For so long, I did so many so many horses. Um, I don't like doing big numbers anymore. I like doing something where I'm just not – don't feel gutted by the time I get home, you know. Yeah, can enjoy it yourself a little to, bit. Yeah, it goes back to longevity. I think, I think everybody, once you start shoeing horses, you only have so yep. many horses in your body. You only got – you got a number. I don't really want to. Is that one of the reasons why you started Mm -hmm. getting into more shop stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, and I just enjoy that. I'm still, I haven't really quit any horses. I just kind of, the other stuff just kind of. Did you think that's what you were going to start doing when you, uh, like what? Cause you got a burn table. Burn tables aren't real cheap, you know? But, like, no. were templates on your mind when you bought that? Yeah, templates were – yeah, they were. I, when I bought the burn table, I um, I kind of thought, man, this would be a cool deal. Maybe see if I like doing templates or whatever. But some – I kind of – more or less I had kind of some ideas for some signs. You know, maybe, maybe tap into something that – wasn't necessarily shoeing related, but like doing archway or yeah. something, you know, I mean, I, I just thought a burn table. So you didn't buy it. You weren't I mean, like, you do whatever, I'm going to buy you know? this burn table. And I'm going to do uh, templates. You're just like, I'm going to get a burn table. Yeah. Not specifically for, not specifically for templates. Like I had the idea of templates for the last uh, couple of years in my head, like have a array of sizes, shapes and all that. And then mm-hmm. whenever, I started doing them. I had done the first time. I believe it. I had like I. It's I've got six, six sheets out there right now that I got to get burned. You know, in the next few weeks, but in the next week or two. But I haven't I haven't done nothing. But I've done yeah a few T squares playing around with those, and then most time it's that no that's awesome. I will say those. Those patterns you make, they're freaking sweet, you know, compared to what we've had for X amount of years was basically just the AFA templates, you know, and then we see some that come out that actually look like feet, and it's a big, big help. I don't, 
you, I, I don't, they can, you can say they look like feet. And, I, and what I'm learning is, like, I'll get some feedback from the West Coast, East Coast, and all that. Perception no, of what so a foot is, is kind of different, you know. But then again, Craig makes a good point on his stuff, a hind, a hind foot to hind foot and front feet. Are, and, and so I'm kind of in this rabbit hole trying to figure out, I don't know. Like, I hear um, some tighter heels or whatever, and then I hear people like, no, the wider heels and stuff. So it's just – it's been really, really neat to see how people are interpreting the patterns. Everybody – it's been great feedback, but everybody's like, yeah, I see feet like this, but – and they're like, oh, I see feet like that, but – no, like, it's it's so interesting even just right. to hand a pattern so, to somebody and be like, which side do you think is the lateral? And you just see guys staring at him like, oh, uh, is it this one? Is it maybe this one? You're like, which side? It is like some yeah. of them are super obvious, you know. You're like, that's it the lateral for tough. sure. But then some of them, you're like, tell me right. which one it is, because like, it, it everybody just sees the feet yep. so much different. Yeah, like it's, it's just shape is so perspective, and there's so many lines on yep. patterns and stuff like that. Anyways, and feet, so it's like there's a lot to catch your eye and kind of yep. draw it around a little bit. Yeah, it's it's been a it the the templates have been I never never dreamed that it would I, I thought at most if I did a couple hundred that'd be cool you know get a few different shapes and sizes and you know use them for team practices or whatever flip man I I never dreamed did you like burn like that this. first sheet and um, then bam it just went like it's like word got out oh it was yeah that that. Yeah, the first before I had when I shipped that one off, that first purchase order to Wellshod, when it left the shop, it might have been halfway really? there. I got a second purchase order. Yeah, and it's been and it nice. hasn't really slowed down much more than that. Like it's I, like it's truly been. And on here, I tell everybody, thank you if you're buying them. Thank well, that you. and it's, a, a it's little a little shout right? out to one of our. Like, our sponsor hookups that happened is uh, we get me and Gavin got a farrier box sent to us from Shannon over a farrier box, and this this month's box had some of your templates in them, and so that was a pretty cool uh, River Bottom Forged. That's the name of Adam's Forge, and that's the stamped on the templates there. So it's it's pretty cool to get that everybody got sent these templates and we're able to try them out. You know, I think that's a uh, I think he's going to keep taking mm -hmm. off for you, you know? I hope. Yeah. Like, I, and I say I hope. I never, like I said, I didn't plan for it. But now that it's kind of buzzing like it is, I'm going to try to get my other draft patterns out. Um, and then I got and some a, other it's, ideas. It's, I'm sure it wasn't more. like your huge goal, but it's like they're a little more economical. Right? Like uh, this fur is like, I think those AFA patterns mm -hmm. were like 75 bucks a piece or something like that. Those those aluminum they were expensive. I remember when I we know. first like and everybody was just yeah, making their own crappy patterns because the AFA ones were so expensive. And how how much are how much are your patterns? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they're good patterns. I I think they're um His inverter, uh the battery is starting to kinda of go down on it, I guess. <laughs> Did it to us the other day with uh, Tyler. It's going to be in the dark. 
It's gonna, it's gonna be like the the Blair Witch Project in here. Yeah. Well, it's gonna get it running. Like, yeah, right. like I think my battery crapped out. I get a new get a new battery for my inverter. Uh, but another shout out to the Farrier Box. They sent a like a battery pack. Came in that this monthly thing, and it had a flashlight on the back of it. Oh hell yeah! And so that's what I got going right here. Did it? That battery pack's pretty cool. I set mine in the truck, and uh, and uh, I was using it just to see how. I mean, it charged phones and everything good. Well, after I'd used it, it ran it down pretty good, and I didn't think nothing more about it. So I just set it on the console of my truck, and I noticed today yep, it's, it's charged solar. itself because yeah, no, it is a pretty cool it. little. That's what yeah. I got it. I was like, I'm taking this thing hunting with me. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty handy. I was like. Right. It's one of those things that, it's and that's like handy. we sometimes we had a one episode we were giving travel tips for horseshoes. Like that's probably one of the biggest travel tips you give mm-hmm. is carry a goddamn battery pack with you on the plane, because your phone is always dead when you get uh, there because you didn't put it in airplane yeah. mode and you're scrolling around on it while you're on, looking at your pictures while you're flying because you're fucking yep. bored, and so you get yeah. there your phone's dead yep. you can't you can't text anybody have them come like meet you at the baggage or at nothing you're trying to find an outlet there's none of them <laughs> but if you got a little battery pack with you yeah you don't yeah. you don't get the seats with the charger on it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but no i i think i think they retail okay. for yeah, like 22 and 27 super reasonable yeah it's yeah yeah so uh we'll see as long as material yeah, for, for like down, 50 bucks shipped then even if it's like we'll 50 bucks shipped they get two patterns for a guy that's some for someone that's taken their afa test oh that's it yeah that's like a draft pattern it's like 27 or 28 and then the regular saddle horse size or whatever um, I think they're yeah. around like twenty two. Like that, that's a good like that. deal. Fifty bucks or so and a guy can yeah. get some patterns so he can go and make shoes to it. Yeah, and practice. I think I'm on I'll keep putting some new ones in there. Like right now a full set is eighteen. Two of them be draft patterns There's and then you got sixteen like saddle horse size or or wow. small. Uh huh. And so wow. I think I'm probably fixing to put some new ones in the mix. And then I think that's them. the cool thing about uh, the way you're doing it is like you've got a different array of patterns, you know, like like you get to a contest or whatever and you may be building shoes to like look like this, but those shoes that you've been making almost seem to be like never the foot that you draw on the day, right? Yeah. Like yeah. you always get like some sort of like fucked up foot or whatever and you're like, shit, this is going to be hard. But the patterns that you make, like, you know, they're not the typical shape. No, it you was know, one of those things that, like, and, uh, like, you had to practice. You know, like, like, when Riley and I... a little cocky making some shoes. You'd pull out that little hind. Yeah, pull out that hind with the real J-hooky lateral, and you're like, all right, I'll <laughs> we'll try to put a roadster on here. <laughs> it's going to mm-hmm. look like shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is, man, but... No, the heartbreaker. It's yeah. a good yeah. test. It's good to practice it. Yeah. Yep. Like, that's a real test. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they've been they've been fun. They've been a lot of fun. I was at uh, the Winter Clinic, and um, I had some people ask me about them and and the different asymmetrical shapes or whatever. And they're like, "Yeah," and I said, "Well, here's here's what I do with them. I put on the floor, and I step back and picture the horse standing in that pattern. You know, I mean, he's probably going to be towed hmm. in and this and that. You know, 
now adjust that pattern to where the quarters are perpendicular with the spine. Yeah. And now you see, you know, the confirmation in the pattern. And so now when I start looking at feet and, and making the patterns has taught me to look at feet a little bit more, you know, like quarter placement and, and just everything. Like it, it's, it's been a good deal all across, but I, I'll be honest. I had no idea it was going to take off like what it did, but, no, it's a great, it's a great yeah, thing to awesome, do man. standing but up and to not be bent time. over. <laughs> oh yeah, yep, for sure. Um, but there's a, I, I got a few more. I, I sent out some uh, uh, other stuff. We'll see how it goes over as well. But I haven't, yeah, no signs are coming off that table yet. <laughs> are you still doing like punches and stuff for sale? Or are you just kind of yes. doing that as like a private message? No, type I, thing? they're still going. I got I, that's what I was doing just before we got on here. I uh, sent those text messages to let people know I was doing horses tomorrow, and then oh, I finished up. Uh, buddy, 60 that's a good amount. This wow. afternoon. So yeah. if somebody wants some punches, how can they uh, get a hold of some? They're at Wellshot. And I, I would hate like well you don't have to answer yeah. if you don't want to, but right. I think like that's always something. It's a question people always ask me: is how do you do your punches? Because people are always breaking welds, fucking mm -hmm. their punches up and stuff. So yeah, people are always mind, asking. How, how do you go about yeah. your punches? No. Um, now, I, I did them all off the hammer. And got to where I was doing more yeah. off the hammer than what I cared to. So I invested in a, in a press. And um, I set up some dies for mine. And I press them all out. Um, yep cut them chop saw takes nice. about two heat per punch to press where i want it sometimes three if i want to tidy one up a little bit um then then cut them and i stack them back in the coat fire as long as i'm so you take them. right after um, that last heat you take the second heat you go right to the chop saw cut it off and then bury in the coke mm-hmm no i just set them on that okay just set them right in front of that fire you know that, not yeah. really burying them just setting them right there uh and then I'll do however many I'm doing. Lyle Shepard's been coming in and uh, practicing quite often. So I had him running the fire, and I was just running two pieces at once. And um, he would cut them, bring them back, set them there. And we, we did quite a few of them. And then, like today, I took that batch, and um, I think there's like 57. I think it was just shy of 60. Anyway, I, I took those and set them beside the welder, and, I have a jig set up for the handles and I can put three handles in three heads and I tack weld them all and took about 20, 25 minutes to do all that. And then, um, I warm them up okay. just where they're barely getting okay. color. And then I weld them and then I don't let them cool back off. I set them on top of the gas while I'm doing the others. That was something that, um, Miss Kathleen poor told me I was, I was in uh, Vegas one year. And I had a few welds break, and I mean not just break. I'm talking yep. they would tear loose and pull a it, chunk your, of the Your weld wasn't I mean, breaking. Was, you know, nasty. It was the tool steel no, the weld was where it was fused. The tools, yes. <clears throat> yes, it was letting go of it. And I mean just be, be gnarly. And and um, Jim and Miss Kathleen <laughs> Perfect people to be watching. And I was saying, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean. <laughs> that's encyclopedias and knowledge on this stuff. And I was like, Hey, I, and I was talking to, I was talking to both of them. And then, 
somebody else walked up and caught Jim's attention, and Miss Kathleen said, well, when you weld them, at that point, you do not let them cool back off. Keep them, keep them warm until you temper them, until you harden them. And I'm like, yep. okay. And she said it normalizes everything in there. You know, and I'm like, all right. And I've been yeah. doing that ever since. And I had, <laughs> knock on wood. Yeah. I haven't had no issues. I haven't, you know, I'm not welding them too hot, like burning them in. I was going to say, when you're welding, you're probably trying to just, make sure you know, that you're like, you have well, a little bit of a bubble almost with your wire and not an undercut. Yeah, exactly. And, and so I just weld them. And when they go from getting welded or I spot them, stack them up and then I'll bring them to like a, just a barely a color and I'll weld them and yeah. lay them all on top of that gas forge while it's running. And then I'll sh when I get them all welded, they'll be stacked up there and I'll shut the front door and I'll put two or three at yeah. a time in each side. It's a forge master and watch them until they come up to like a nice bright orange, no shadows. And then I'll take them out of that and I set them in a, I got a, a grate. It's about, yep. I don't know, two by 36, you know, like tread one of those grate. heavy grates. Like, um, yep. Uh, trade grate, yeah. So I'll set it and I'll set them in that, but I keep a fan in front of them and I force air over them. And then oh. I take them, yeah. I take when you them set them in that grate, are you setting do striking them down? And rough grinding. Point up? No. Point down. Work in down. Okay. Point down. Yeah. And then so I, how long do you think it takes it, to cool then if you got the fan or it's got air being pressed onto them? 15 or forced minutes. Onto okay. 15, 15 minutes? 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, I just did hmm. 60 of them and that fan probably ran for as long as it took me to start to finish and then I let it go about 20 minutes afterwards. <clears> I mean, <throat> don't really matter. Yeah. It can run all night. They're going to be cool when they're cool, you know. But, uh, they don't take very long. They'll scale up. Will a you bit. do that? Will you do that if it's colder outside, like wintertime or whatever, or is that just kind of like a summertime? If it's, when it's... It, yeah, I will, but I'll heat my shop up. Mm. You know, I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. try to shock them with cold air. Yeah, you know, like sixty degrees, fifty degrees. If it's freezing or whatever, I'm running a heater anyway. <laughs> I'm not going to be cold. I hate the cold. Yeah. Don't, don't come I to my it. house. So, <laughs> like, two, two winter, two, if I come to your house, it's going to be like well in the summer. But two winters ago, it got cold, and like I had a diesel heater blowing on me, and I was building shoes, and my water, my quench bucket was still freezing. It was just miserable. You couldn't, you couldn't do anything with tool steel. Like, it's, it's not going to. So, I, I spent the money and had it foamed, the whole shop foamed, interior walls everything and so that's a game changer there i can i can <laughs> i can make it tropical in my in my shop but no you're if it's if it's to, i don't know what the the cutoff would be temperature wise i would say if it's 40 degrees or whatever i'm probably i'll try to well yeah shit, if it's 50 degrees i'm i'm running a heater i want it warm but regardless when they come out I put them on that grate and I just push air over them. Is I mean, that really is that a, you're done with them after that? It's not. Okay. No, I rough grind them after that, and then after the rough grind, okay. I put them in the oven, and I tip like them an back twice. An hour. Yeah, four hundred degrees. I, I let them come up with it, let them go down with it, set it again, up, hold for an hour, back down. I do that twice, 
Um, Shane Carter, I got that tidbit from Shane. He's like, anytime you're tempering, just temper back twice. Can't go wrong. Um, and I do that. And the reason I rough grind, you can probably yeah, do you that could, before you rough But you couldn't grind. see it. But I do it. I do it. Yep. Yeah, I can see it after I grind. I like seeing that straw color. And so after because that, I, I, I bring fucked them all up before and not ground, and, um, and then like the oven didn't turn on. Right, and then you're like, "Well, did it yeah, temper oh, or not?" You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you're always pulling them out cold. Where then that's now I just yeah. like I I grind, or even if it is like if I leave a forge finish, I'll like polish the forge finish so I can see some color. So yeah. no, I think I think the grinding before the tempering is a good yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah. So. I didn't, that's just all, and I've had people ask me before, I was like, well, I just like seeing that color, like, and I get, I get, it's just a good indicator, like you said, that you didn't, yeah, you didn't, things went well, on. um, so then, yeah, then I go back and I go with a high grit, and I just kind of tune them down, you know, tune them the best I can, and polish them, and I used to paint them, the red, white, and blue deal, and people liked it, and it was okay, but I do, there's, it's just not very much fun. And that red, white, and say, blue scheme could drive I don't think people understand. And, like, two of those color. colors that you chose are really hard. You aren't doing just one coat of red yeah, and white. exactly. No, you're not. And it's, it's just <laughs> mind-numbing. And so I quit doing that, and I just put a sleeve on them and sent them at the door like that. So they're, they're supposed to be work tools, you know. So they're not the prettiest ones, but... I think I'm fixing to invest in a tumbler though, because <laughs> for the templates yep. and the punches, everything that's coming off, just start tossing yeah. that tumbler and get no. I don't think that's them. a bad idea. That's the next step. But that's that's the the, the okay. punches and everything's H13. Um, I don't use any S7. Uh, S7. I haven't. I, I didn't get along with it in the beginning, which has been few years back i would like to maybe try some again exactly, but then yeah. again if it ain't broke don't fix it you know i i so the h13 the one thing i like about the h13 if it fails it just it just fails it doesn't seem <laughs> like it gets mad like s7 you know it don't blow s7 does blow it's up mad <laughs> i don't like grenades it, but it, it like yeah it, it's gonna crack really good yeah it yeah, it's gonna yeah and yeah, but no, that's that's pretty much it. There's really no secrets to them. Just, just that's that's no. The same I, I think that's the secret time. to them is knowing that there's not that it's like your description there was very basic and easy to follow order, and of how you do it, you know, and like you worked out the the kinks mm-hmm. in it where you hear some people like man, you'll you'll see on a farrier group mm-hmm. or somebody somebody will ask like how to get your punches right. And some of them are like witches' spells. Mm-hmm. They're just like freaking cur- like man. These guys are like you got to be pointing at oh, true yeah, first. Right. You got to find true north in your shop if you're gonna get anything going right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, you're gonna need three frog legs. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's 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 pretty much that simple. Like the the I think the biggest thing, the most crucial part of it, is um, when you're hardening them to have no shadows when it comes out and then putting them in and I, I started putting them, <laughs> I started putting them in front of that fan, forcing air over them because I kind of needed to hurry up one time. <laughs> and I thought I'll cool these things yeah. off. Well, dang, it worked. And I'm like, I, I, 
felt like, you know, but I'm sure it's all been done before. I, I just kind of, and I'm sure I've been told to do that. I don't know. But I was, I remember specifically, I was like, man, I need these to cool off so I can hurry up. And I just set a fan in front of them. And, yeah, uh, I don't, uh, you probably haven't been told that out. before because you're kind of in uncharted territory a little bit. Not uncharted, but it's like there's not too many people out there building horseshoeing tools. And so there's not too many, it's not like you can go online and buy mm -hmm. a four punch cooling rack, you know, or device or like some trades and businesses you yeah. can buy things like that, you know. But as for us, it's like, well, luckily you had the one lady and husband standing next to your, you know, when you had a failure happen that could lead you the right way that they are probably the one of the like there's yeah. only a few in the country that are doing production of four punches yeah that and that was super cool when when miss kathleen said that she just looked at me just non like just oh well don't let them cool off after you weld them keep them keep them warm keep them right there until you harden them and then let them cool that way and i thought Dang. yeah why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Like, oh, I guarantee that, she that knows she because they like, probably have the same thing happen yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah. They're like, yeah, that was happening when we were doing this. Oh, man, was, <laughs> like, that's, that's the, yeah, but I mean, that's the cool, that's the cool thing about our trade, right? Like in our trade, um, we practice with the people that's going to be competing against us, whether it's in the contest Yo, arena. Is or in business and if you're making tools like i don't really consider myself a tool maker by far at all i just i make punches i mean that's i don't i mean I, yeah it's a tool but i'm not like i don't know i don't see it as that but like if i have an issue of whatever it is that i'm making i can call up any tool maker in our trade and man not only are they willing to help they'll be like Yep. They'll keep you on the phone for hours oh, yeah. talking about it. Like trying to make you better. And if you if you yep. still don't get it, you'll get an invite no, to the shop. That's a crazy deal. That's the cool like that's Yeah. And then we'll turn around and talk smack about you. <laughs> exactly. And then we're gonna buy you dinner so next time we see you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what that dumbass called me? Like, <laughs> you talk to people that <laughs> I mean, don't go to events and stuff sometimes and they think that the horseshoeing world is like really big, you know? But then when you start going to events and stuff, it's like you go to like yeah. the winter clinic and you're standing there with like most of the tool makers in the whole entire industry are just standing in a little 10 foot circle, you know, just like hanging out. It's such a like the world's not yeah. very big at all. And they're most of them are all friends or getting shit made at each other's yeah, shops. You got, you got you got the guy. It's 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 super cool. It's 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 a trade like no yeah. other. That's for sure. And that's why I call well, it Adam, family. Like it's it's family because we can say whatever we want to about each other, yep. but we're still family, you know. Like it's well, it's a question. Yeah. A question we like to ask everybody on the show is, who is four people that you hold in high regard? In consider, we call it your Mount Rushmore. Like who are four people that have been a big influence on your life and that you hold in uh, high regard or high, high respects. Oh, I just seen your life in the trade. Could be in the trade in your life or anything. Oh man, um, should have asked me that a while back. There's so many, man. Like, like I said, I haven't come across very, very few people that have not influenced me 
in some way. Um, the first, the first one on that would have to be my mom for sure. Like that's a no brainer. Um, yeah, that's a steady one there. Um, then it, you can't like, I don't know if it, if it's against the rules, but I say that the no, of family, You'd have to, yeah, that's fine. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd put yeah. it up there as a family portrait, not just Craig or Christine, but the whole family. You know, yeah, the you way take, you take the one link out of that chain, it's and not, it's the not way the same that chain anymore. Yeah, like it, that the whole that whole family entity and everything is second to none. Um, another, like I said, this is. This is painting with a brush because I, I don't, I can't just pick out. I would say my teammates would be another family portrait I'd put on there. And that's probably going against the rules because you asked for No, it's people, your, it's your deal. It could be it. however you want it to be. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Mom, Turker family, teammates, and... Um, your wife probably is one of them on there yeah wife and and daughter both i, I do always i always because love hearing about your family lot and about it because you are so proud of your daughter like it's 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 always great to hear yeah 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 she's getting closer to that six <laughs> so that's gonna she's gonna be a turd you know how those six footers are <laughs> no but no, she, uh, yeah, both of them are steady rocks for sure to put up with me and, and everything. Um, Ace, she leaves for college this fall. And so, oh, wow. Starts a new chapter there. I remember when she was running around, you know, this tall of pigtails. Um, but yeah, that would be on my mount. I mean, that's probably breaking the rules, but that's how I'd put it. I can't just name four people. That's hard. Because, yeah. like we I don't said, got strict rules here. Yeah, no, no rules, but um, that's how it'd be. All the teammates, wife, daughter, Turker family. That's a those are good ones, man. Mom, those are good ones. Well, Adam, I yeah, could talk yeah. to you for hours and hours, and we'll have to have you on here again, man. We appreciate it very much taking time out of your yeah, your night too. and from your family, and spreading some knowledge. No worries. Yeah, we appreciate it. Hey, thank you very no much, worries, Adam. Guys. Thank y'all. Take care. Thanks, Adam.